Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Today's episode is sponsored by Grammarly Premium. Get a one-month free trial of Grammarly Premium. Also, thank you to vidIQ. If you want to boost those views and those subscribers on YouTube, click on the link to vidIQ to get your free trial. And thank you to Amazon Music Unlimited for sponsoring today's show. Today's show, I'm with an actor named George Basher, who played in the movie Convict. It is an Australian independent film. Uh, When I first watched the movie on Amazon Prime, it was really fantastic, and it just, it really blew me away, the amount of talent and working involved. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Stephen Shields Radio Show. I've got George Basher from the movie Convict. How are you, George? How you doing, Lefton? How are you, mate? I'm good. Good, good, mate. Happy New Year to you. Same to you, my brother. Same to you. I wanted to talk about uh, the movie Convict. I saw it on Amazon Prime, and I thought it was very fantastic acting and the stunt work you did. How did you get involved with Convict? I actually wrote Convict. I wrote and I co-directed with a real popular Australian actor called David Field. Um, You know, I I think the idea... I'm a big Sylvester Stallone fan, so the idea dropped to me that I'd always wanted to make a prison film. Mm -hmm. But for years I didn't know, you know, what premise to use, what story to go with. Mm. And then when when I finally... The penny dropped and I came up with this idea of a of an innocent man who gets caught up and accidentally kills someone mm. and he's stuck in this system, mm. um, in a corrupt system in, in prison. Um, you know, and he's got to fight, try to get himself out of there without killing anyone because if he kills anyone, he's never going to get out. So mm. I thought putting someone, you know, and I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, when someone goes to jail, do they come out better than they went in? Mm. Um, and those things were really interesting, you know, putting an innocent man in jail and, and putting him around murderers and, and rapists and all sorts and how that would change a man. Mm. Um, and I think that's what drove me to make the film. Yeah, because your character, he, he, your character, he was an SAS soldier uh, in the beginning, he was. Yeah, very respected soldier and... I mean, and even even then, as respected as he was, the government still threw him in prison. So yeah, uh, you know, there's there's no hiding mm. um, for, for the character, and I, and, I, and I just think that's what you know. I wanted to build a character that that had 
done so much, um, not just for his family, for himself, but but he's fought for the country, for the government, and then you know what a little slip up, and he's thrown in with the, um, you know, the worst of the worst. Mm. And what happens when you throw in a good man? Um, he's made a mistake. I mean, let's face it. You know, there are people out there that are great people, and they've made mistakes, and it's cost them in life. Mm. Um, so you know what happens when you throw a, a man in, and you know I want to say innocent because he does he does without giving away too much of the film he does get himself mixed up in a little situation out of his control um, mm. but he's given time and, and I think and he's pushed I mean how fucking human being be pushed doesn't matter how good you are mm. how far or you actually you know snap or you fight back um, and that's that's a human thing it's, it's it's that's what's interesting about the film it's it's very human. Mm. Um, how do we react? And that was one of the main reasons I, I really enjoyed playing the character, and I wanted to make this film. Mm. Yeah, you did a uh, fantastic job, George. In the film, it was like it felt so real to actually watch it. It was. Well, I mean, that's what I wanted. I wanted. Uh, well, you know, this is the third film I've made, mm. uh, and as a filmmaker, what I love is I love to bring in the emotional side, the mm. realism. I mm. think people that watch my films, they are drawn to that. They, they are drawn to that, that, you know, it's real. Um, they feel every emotion, every punch, um, because, you know, you watch these Hollywood films, it's, they're so out there. But this one is so emotionally attached. Mm. Bring the audience right into it. Mm. And that everything with the character. They cheer for him. And that's the thing that they did so well, you know, especially in Hollywood back in the, um, you know, the 80s and, 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 you know, early 90s. They make films with heart. And I think that's the kind of filmmaker I am. I love heart. Mm. I love the story. Mm. Um, I think you mix them two with family. I think they really work. Mm. People feel the realism of it, what you did. Mm. Cause I'm a I'm a film composer and the scoring for the film was just fantastic. It was original. Yeah, we went. We decided to go. We because we had uh, in the film uh, the late Tony Ryan, mm. um, who played who played one of the, the jail guys, the Aboriginal fella in there. And we thought, you know, what better way? You know, the film the Parramatta Prison was built one of the first first built you know, one of the first jails built in Australia. Mm-hmm. And we thought, what better way to get use some Aboriginal music, just mm. some Aboriginal um, you know instruments, and a lot of the con- the music in Convict was actual, you know didgeridoo, um, you know we we use a lot of Aboriginal scoring in it, mm. and um, that's the way we want to do it. Like, because you know when we're working at Parramatta Jail, you know we kept, you know Aboriginal guys that worked with us on there um, kept talking about spirits and and, and the land, and you know, I thought. Yeah, Tell that music, and yeah, and, and, and so we decided to go that way with it, and it fits really good for the film, I think. Mm. Yeah, because your character, you had, uh, I think it was three prison guards who were corrupt, and they they were bashing you up all the time. And some of the scenes are quite like they're quite horrific to watch, as well. How did you? It, it, it was interesting because I did some homework. I. To a few people I know that have done time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember the scene where they make me take my shirt off. Yep. Put yep. the shirt on. Take the, take the shirt off. You know. Um, so that 
story I got was from a, a friend of mine mm-hmm. who did time, and they did that to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, wow, they really do that. Um, so yeah, so a lot of the stories I I had a lot of real real um, ex cons in the film. Mm-hmm. Just doing feature feature roles in the background to give it the realism. Mm-hmm. But I did a lot of homework in regards to you know how things are done, how they run, how corrupt some people are in there and, and you know the reality is there is corruption in the system mm. um, I mean if you read the papers I mean the other day I was in the paper and there's you know there was you know um, officers trying to smuggle drugs in for inmates mm. so there is corruption um, so I, I used as much realism as I can from stories I was told mm. um, even speaking of old um, you know officers that worked in prisons were giving me stories about things that happened in jail Yeah, because the corrupt prison warden, um, I don't know, when I was watching the movie and you were introduced to him, he didn't, like, he didn't respect you, uh, you know, for being your role in the, uh, uh, SAS. And, uh... Yeah, well, look, well, I think it's like anything, I think once, you know, you know, they say never judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah. I think once, you know, I've been sent to do time and I'm in the jail, I'm like another number. Mm-hmm system you're another number and I think as the warden you know um, I was just another number it doesn't matter what I'd done um, but he was paid a decent amount to make sure he, that you know my life is pretty tough in there mm. so yeah you just know what man once you're in that system you're another number it doesn't matter what you've done outside what good you've done in the world people have to get the good you've done in the world they forget the bad thing you've done mm. if you be a saint your whole life and do one bad thing that's all you're, you'll be remembered for a lot of the good stuff he did. So I thought that was why I went down that path as well, because it is how it is. You're in jail, you're a number. Mm. So you're here. So, yeah. And at the, first, uh, at, the fir- at the start of the movie, when you got out of the taxi and you had uh, your wife and that bloke, you know, made uh, some nasty comments, that was a whoa. That, that was quite uncomfortable, that. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it is, but it does happen. Yeah. Uh, Just uh, quoting from the film, George. Uh, uh, I just don't want you to feel uncomfortable by 
by me and yeah, Shane. No, no, go for it, mate. Go, go for gold. No, because I, I thought you did a fantastic job and, uh, you know, it's filmed in Australia. Did you plan to get it um, put into Hollywood? Uh, look, um, I've, I was offered to make it in, in, in the US with a, bit, with, with, a, with a lot more money than what I'd made it then. Yep. Um, but, you know, I've, I'm a big believer of, of you know, Australian, Australian film mm. needs something different. I think sometimes, well, lately we've had big change, but over the years... Australian films seem to be very similar. Mm. And, you know, when I got into the game, you know, one of my biggest goals was I wanted to change the way the industry worked, the, you know, the type of films they made. Mm. Um, you know, I remember when I, in 2009 I made the film The Combination. Yep. Um, and, you know, that took took Australia by storm because people would talk raving on about it. Publicity was going through the roof. They'd never seen you know, a film like this coming straight from the streets of Western Sydney is so real. Mm. Um, and then, you know, with Convict, I wanted to go there. I wanted to do that again. But I wanted to make a film where, you know, it's 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 very universal. Mm. And the characters are all universal. I mean, if you watch the film as you have, yep. you know, characters from all over the world in there, mm. different nationalities. They're all Australians, but they all look different. Mm. They're not all white boys. Um, so it was mixed. Um, and... I wanted it to be an Australian film because mm-hmm. the minute you aim for Hollywood, you lose the, the Australian flavour. Mm. Um, and so for me, you know, number one, being an Australian film it, for me is, is the biggest thing. Mm. Um, and, you know, funny enough, you know, the film has done well overseas. The film mm-hmm. did probably better overseas than it did in Australia. It mm. did really, really well in the UK. Mm-hmm. We made some really good sales in the UK for this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, people have this have this thought about Hollywood that oh, you know, if it's not Hollywood, it doesn't really work. It's bull because if it's a good film, it'll work. And you know, you know, you need to look at like Chopper and Mad Max, mm-hmm. great Aussie films that you know that, that went overseas and and killed it. Um, so for me, I, I'm as Australian as you get. And I love making Aussie films. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once you go to Hollywood, you kind of sell your soul to a point. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm ready to do that at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I want to keep it, you know, Australian made, Australian crew, Australian cast. Because I think you, you're very talented, to be honest with you. I think you're probably one of the most talented actors I've seen. I appreciate that, mate. Thank you. You know, because I feel... Um, too much Hollywood, it, it just gets to to the same. It's just not original after a while. Well, this is the thing, you know, where, you know, I I want to be able to explore other other things, and I don't think I've quite hit where I want to be yet in Australia, in Australian mm-hmm. film. Mm. You know, a lot of, lot of people, you know, straight away want to jump to Hollywood, but, you know, I mean, for me, if, if, if I can't do well here, you know, I really don't want to do well in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. If that, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people will say you're crazy, but you know, I'm happy to make films in Australia. You know, mm-hmm. I, I make films because I love making films. I don't do it for popularity. I don't do it for the money because God knows Australia's money's not great at all. Um, I do it because I love doing it and I'm passionate about telling stories. Mm. And then where that takes me, it takes me. 
you know. Um, but at the moment, I love telling Australian stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I've got a few more in the can as we speak. I'm, I'm shooting a new film in June and July, mm-hmm. another Australian film. Another film I was offered good money to turn into a US film. Mm-hmm. But I declined. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was offered, um, you know, if I did, an, did a shot in Australia with American dialect, they would guarantee me sales overseas. Mm-hmm. I declined because, you know, I want to make it as an Australian film. You know, and, and these days with the streaming services, if you make a good film, it doesn't matter what country it is. If it's a good film, they pick it up. Yeah. So that's where I'm at at the moment. I mean, look, I mean, it, it's not saying you know, I wouldn't love one day to work in Hollywood. Well, damn, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, but at, at the moment, I'm not. I think I'm quite done in Australia yet. Hmm. Hmm. Still got a few more goals to kick, I think. Oh, you'll get there one day. You know, and 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 the most pleasant thing for me is you know I, I've made three feature films, including Convict, till date, and they've all been independently funded. Mm-hmm. So I've never really got any money from the government. Um, I've taken huge risks. I've made the film before I ever made sales mm-hmm. to any company. Um, so I've been I've been pretty lucky. Um, you know, I've got a film now showing on Netflix called The Combination Redemption. I don't know if you've seen it. Saw a trailer of that, it. Yeah, well, that's, that's on Netflix Australia at the moment, Australia and New Zealand, showing on net. Yep. So yeah, I've been lucky for the last three films I've made that I've been able to make sales for them. Mm. Um, but, you know, I really appreciate you, man. Um, that you love my acting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it means a lot. It really does. Yeah, I wanted to say, because I, I had Frank Violi on the podcast, and he did a good job too. I love Frank. Yeah, he was um, one of the uh, sergeant as well. Frank, Frank, look, Frank, funny story with Frank is when he came in and did the audition for Convict, originally I was going, I wanted to go over with someone with an accent, mm-hmm. I think it was an Irish accent I was after, mm-hmm. he came in and I met him and, and, and I'll make it, you know, whenever I'm making a film, I make it compulsory that I'm in the room throughout the whole audition process, mm-hmm. um, so I, I, I want to I get to know the character, I want to feel, the, I wanna feel the, the person's energy. Mm-hmm. Actual person that, that's the actor. I want to feel. That, I love feeling their energy. And when Frank came in, I he did he did the um, audition. And to be honest with you, it wasn't a great audition. Um, it didn't blow my socks off. Um, when we when when me and the team were sitting through it, um, they a couple of them didn't want Frank. Mm-hmm. I thought he, he didn't do a great audition. I said, yeah, I know, but you know, um, I told him to do the Irish accent, and that could have thrown him off. Blah blah blah, but there was something in him I seen, um, and I knew that he that I knew I knew it was a phenomenal actor, but I knew on that day something was off. So I I ruled them all night, and I brought him on board. Mm. Now the rest is history. You saw how good he was; he was great in mm. it. Um, uh, he he was fantastic. I mean, look, the whole cast. I can't say one bad thing, but anyone in the cast, they're all fantastic. They came out, they worked their socks off. Um, you know, they were fantastic. And Frank was, was unbelievable. So was you know uh, Richie Green. Mm. Uh, you know he he was phenomenal in it. So was David Field, the Warden, David Roberts. You know I mean then you know, I'll keep going on and on about performances. You know um, <clears throat> no, I think everybody was great in it. Mm. Uh, how many hours a day were you on set? Oof. <clears throat> I can tell you, I'd say we're shooting anywhere upwards from ten to fourteen hours a day. Wow. Uh, we shot that film. I think it was 19 days. Yep. 
Um, so we didn't have a huge budget. It was a small budget. Um, we knew we had the prison for 20 days. Mm-hmm. So the original shoot was 20. We shot it in 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can tell you, it was it was physically and mentally very hard playing that role. A um, few times I really got hurt. So I do my own stunts. Well, in that film I did anyway. Um, yeah. A few times we were doing some of those action scenes. You know, there were times I had to really drag myself out of bed. I was that sore. Yeah. Um, but I knew 19 days, 20 days, we had to get it in. And, you know, there's no, <laughs> you can't lay there after 20 days once it's in the can. And, you know, I can have myself a one or two week break. Um, but look, we worked through cold, you know, there were days it was freezing in there. You know, the shower scenes? Yeah. And I can tell you, we were freezing, we were shaking every, every take. Had to get hot water, uh, hot water bottles, blankets. Um, between takes, it was that cold. So there was no hot water in the showers? We were using cold water. Cold water, no hot water in the showers. It was all cold water in winter we shot it. Jesus. It so, you know, it, it was um, it was, it was was a tough shoot, but, you know, and I think that's what makes, makes it work because the actors, you know, really got in there and they dealt with the tough conditions. Mm. And then some of that shows on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, we, 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 we battled through the condition, we had a, we had a real good crew, um, you know, and, and, and we really, you know, got the job done. What about, um, any, uh, catering? Did you get any of that or did you have to, uh, pr- uh provide that yourself? Well, with catering, what I did, I, I had a friend who owned a cafe. Yeah. Made a deal with her. Um, wow. she did all the food for us, um. It was a, we didn't pay her much, it wasn't big, but it was enough to feed the cast and crew. Yeah. Um, you know, we can't feed them, you know, great food, but we feed them good food. Yeah. Um, no, one, no one complained. Um, everyone had a good feed. And, you know, they were happy. So, you know, the good thing is when I make films here, I've, I've got a lot of a lot of support from, from the community. Mm. So people come on board and, and they do it for cut price for me. They're not making money. They're just covering their materials. Um, and they help out that way. No. And, you know, really appreciate it. Yeah. Without them, I wouldn't be able to make it. Yeah. And did you go to acting school, George? Yeah, I did, funny enough. I did. Um, I went to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, a place used to be called uh, a Keen Kids Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I started my acting. Um, I went there and then I remember landing my first gig in a film called Black Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, in '97, I think uh, Heath Ledger, opposite Heath Ledger. Um, there were some real good casts in there. Mm. Um, and then I got a taste for it, and I think once I got a taste for acting, I wanted more. And I've, to be honest, I found it hard. Um, back in the in the '90s, when I got into the acting game, it was very hard for ethnic actors to get in the game because there wasn't many roles written for us. Yep. Um, so I really struggled to get <clears throat> to get my. I was doing a lot of stereotype casting, Australia's most wanted, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And I just kept telling my agent I wasn't interested. Yeah, uh, I wanted to do some real acting work, real work out there where I could show what I can do. Mm. Uh, and then you know, it, it was hard. And so in the end, I got to a point where I was really so I was so frustrated that I wasn't able to even get into castings and auditions. Mm-hmm. That I decided, you know what, I'm going to make my own. So I wrote the combination, which is based on my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you know, and even then when I made that film, I was wasn't gonna wasn't wasn't supposed to play the lead. 
um, I, was, I was supposed to play the villain. But then the director, David Field, you know, saw something in me and said, mate, you've got to play this. Mm. Um, and then from then I just, the film came out, did well, and then I just wanted to make more and I enjoyed the industry and kept going. And until this day, I've done some stuff. But, um, you know, I just love doing my own thing. And if a good role comes up, you know, and I like it, I'll, I'll go for it. Um, but, you know, I just love telling stories. I love, I love being involved in everything, I suppose. You know, mm. bit, bit of an actor, kind of writer, director type of thing. I, I love doing it all. Mm. Mm. What keeps you going during the uh, hard times? Uh, mate, my family. I love three kids. Yep. So they keep me going. I work. I don't solely rely on acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, I have got a job. I work. Um, that keeps me going. Um, and if, if, if I miss the game, which I never do, because I'm always doing something, so I'll be writing another script um, or I'll be working on something else. You know, I just finished shooting a short film for this other director I acted in. So now I'm constantly doing something in the game, in the mm-hmm. industry. I'm constantly chasing something. I'm constantly got a project. I mean, at the moment, like I said, I'm shooting one in June. I've got another project I'm trying to get up. Um, you know, I'm working on a TV show. So you know, you know. So so I'm, I'm, I keep myself busy that way. Mm. Otherwise, if you, if, you, if you leave the game long enough, you you, you just stop. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I I'm, I'm going full full metal at it. So no rest for the wicked. Mm. Uh, what actors did you admire when you were growing up? I was a big Sylvester Stallone fan. I still am. Yep. Um, reason being. He's pretty much very similar to me, self-made. Mm. Um, you know, people never gave him a shot because of the way he spoke, his looks. Um, you know, and no one believed in him, but he believed in him. Um, so, you know, I'm a bit like that. Uh, so, you know, he wrote his own film, made his own film, and now look where he is today. Um, so he's, he's, he's one actor I definitely admired and was inspired by. Um, other guys were, you know, Al Pacino, Denzel Washington, um, you know, and even, you know, Robert De Niro in his, in his early years, you know, um, you know they're, they're kind of inspirational. But for me, Stallone's probably the most because, you know, he's self-made. Mm. You, know, people, you know, when someone doesn't believe in you and you go out and you have a career like he has and he's still going in his, in his 70s, Mm. You know, you know, it wasn't no fluke. You know, he's talented. Mm. People didn't see, it. and I and I think there's a lot of actors out there that are talented that don't get seen or don't get the opportunity to be seen, and they throw the towel in. Mm. Now, this industry is hard. It is it's very, very hard. Yeah. Um, so you know, that's why you know I admire people that go after their dream. You know, they go after it. Even as a uh, film composer myself, it's very, um, very picky. It's very, very tough. Yeah, Doesn't I mean, matter what part of the industry you're in, it is tough. Yeah. Um, you know, because you go out there, you, you, for example, you'll be composing, and then they don't like it. That's not what they want. That's not what they want. Mm. You know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and that's the same thing. We, you know, with film. Yeah, you, know, you show your film to to a million to a million investors. Do you find a couple that say, "Yep, yeah, we like it. We're in." Or to a distributor, so up to a few and to one likes that they're in, you know. Um, it doesn't get easy. 
you know, I think the easiest part of filmmaking is making a film. Yeah. I think, you know, making a film, for me, although it's not easy, but for me it's the easiest part, but then getting the sales, finishing the film, getting it out there to the audience. Mm. You know, writing the film is, you know, the making the making the film, the shooting of the film, for me, is the the most fun. Mm. You know? Um, so, no, I admire anyone that goes out and has a crack, you know? And that's why I think I'm a bit slow, because, you know, what he did kind of inspired me to do what I've done. Mm. Do you, you, you write all the scripts yourself? Yeah, all the films I've... I've I've produced and, and, and been in the combinations and convict, I've written them. That's cool. Uh, uh, you know, the film I'm making now, um, I'm making a movie called Retreat, shooting in June, July. Mm-hmm. We're in pre-production at the moment. I wrote, I'm starring and I'm directing and I'm producing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm working on another film with David Field, which we both wrote together. Mm-hmm. Um, a film we're both going to direct. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so, you know, I mean... <clears throat> I like, I love, I love writing, I love telling a story because you know it gives you a bit, a bit more understanding of, of what you're making as well when you're when you're in there when you're writing. You have a bit more power when you're a writer as well. Mm. Um, you know, and I don't mind writing with other writers because you know collaboration is always good. But you know, but I think the stories I write, I never see in Australia. Mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest thing. You know, films that I write, I've read, I've read a lot of scripts and. You know, very rarely do I see anything very similar to what I write. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, as much as, you know, my film is Australian, but they're also very Hollywood-inspired, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm. Um, very Hollywood-inspired, um, even sometimes, you know, Asian-inspired. So for me, <clears throat> you know, that's what inspires me to write. Mm-hmm. Because I, I've very rarely given a project and say, hey, come and jump on this, and I think, oh, well, wow. Or you've got the odd project where you go, yeah, but it needs a lot of writing. So mm. you jump on, help write. But, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy being, being in control. Um, I, I think it's probably one of the biggest things, being in control. You know, I, if I'm going to sink, if I'm going to go down, then I'll go down on my own terms. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, as you know, in the film game, you can make a film, but you don't have control over it. Mm. And then the worst part of that is if the film turns out to be a stinker and you didn't have full control, you'll be kicking yourself. But at least you know if, if you're in control and it goes down a stinker, you can kick yourself. Mm. All your fault. Mm. And what I love about writing and, and, and doing my own thing is, is I'm in control. Mm. How many how many takes did you have to do for the scenes on Convict before you got it right? Depends which ones you're talking about. <laughs> um, um, the start, the we'll talk the beginning. Like, was it? Did you have to try and shoot it from different angles? Uh, look, we, we were pretty well prepared. Um, when I go on a shot, I, I, me and the DOP usually have a shot list. Yep. It's roughly, an idea of how we're going to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um. But what happened is sometimes on set I change my mind. I was like, okay, nah, I'm going to go with a different shot. Let's go with this. Sometimes the location can change on you. Yeah. And the shot you originally went in doesn't work. Mm. So you change it on the day. But usually we've got a shot list that tells us what we're shooting, how we're shooting, 
and how many shots. The only times we were doing more shots if, if things go wrong. Um, I think you know the biggest ones where we shot a lot of was a lot of the actions, especially the warehouse scene. Yep. That action stuff and the fight outside. We shot a lot of that because uh, there was a few times where actors actually got hurt. We'd have to pull up stumps a bit, give them a break before we can go again. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, you know, we're well prepared. We rehearse. We know what we're after. Um, and we kind of smash it in two, in two, three takes. And it, to be honest with you, we don't have enough time to do more than two, three takes. Yep. Uh, you know, so when people try to compare, like, like Convict, for example, to a Hollywood film, like Hollywood, now to give you an idea, we were shooting on Convict, I'd say we were shooting probably close to eight minutes a day. Yep. Of footage. Um, you know, I reckon in Hollywood, but they're lucky to shoot two minutes a day. Wow. So, you know, and so, you know, the, the amount of times they, they do the scenes and over and over until they get it right, we don't have that affordability. Mm. We got we got one, two takes, three takes max, and we're moving on. And then even if they're not all great, we use the best take for the film and we move on. So when people try to compare, you know, Aussie films, especially smaller budget films to Hollywood films, especially in the acting department, it's very laughable because we don't have 30 takes. Mm. You know, we don't have bloody 15, 20 cameras running at once. So, you know, it's a big, you know, it's a big difference. We don't have, you know, a couple of months of, of preparation for rehearsals. We rehearse, you know, every few days and we're on set. We're ready to go. Wow. Hence why, hence why Australian actors do so well overseas because they're well equipped to doing smaller budget films. They went out on a bigger budget. It's a lot easier for them. Mm. They prepare a lot more time to prepare. It's easier to prepare. Yeah. Yeah, look, George, I thank you for coming on today's episode today. No problem, my friend. Anytime. I appreciate it. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, well, I'm... I'm I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's at George Basher Official. Yep. Um, and they can find me on Facebook, George Basher. Mhm. They're the toys, and I've got Twitter, George Basher on Twitter. Yep. Yep. But Instagram's a big one, George Basher Official. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast with George Basher. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, it was fantastic. Thank you to the sponsors Grammarly Premium, VidIQ, and Amazon Music Unlimited for sponsoring today's show. All you need to do is visit the links in the description to find out more. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Also remember to turn on your notifications, leave a review on your podcast app or on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the podcast. Also, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, turn on those notifications. You can listen to my latest single on Spotify, Apocalypse. Links in the description down below. Or you can go to Bandcamp and check out my first album, Death and Life. Cheers, everyone. Bye for now. At Facebook, we continue to take critical steps to better secure our platforms, including more than tripling safety and security teams to 35,000 people and partnering with security researchers, other tech companies, and law enforcement. What's next? We support updating internet regulations to address today's challenges and hold companies, including Facebook, accountable for preventing election interference, protecting people's privacy, and enabling safe and easy data portability between platforms. Learn more at about.fb.com regulations.
Communications. Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on Man versus Train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA.